Well, I don't like taking risks. That's not something I like to do. If you were here with us last week, you heard me share that I'm a fairly play-it-safe kind of guy. I don't do dangerous or risky things. The Colradin student pastor, Brian Savage, maybe some of you know him, he flies planes. He loves to just take these small planes, and he likes to fly them from one place to another. And more times than I can count, he has come and asked me if I would go flying with him. Listen, folks, I'm sure Brian knows what he's doing. He's flown hundreds, if not thousands of hours. I'm not getting on that plane. It's just not going to happen. It's not because I don't trust him or because I don't believe in his abilities. No, I don't see the payoff outweighing the risk there. Seriously, I don't like flying in general, okay? That's, that's not a favorite thing of mine, not, a good, not something I do for fun. But more often than not, the stories I see about plane crashes lately are some tiny plane with like two guys in it. And I'm like, that's going to be me if I go up there. Listen, my name is Chris Emmons. I'm the Ross Campus Pastor, and I don't like flying. I don't need that level of risk in my life. That's why we don't take risks, right? Because we don't know or we're afraid of the outcome. We don't have control over the situation, and so as a result, we play it safe. And it's not just things like flying or like skydiving or like people who choose to swim with sharks, which, by the way, just sounds like a death wish. It's in the everyday things that we do in this world. Many of us don't take risks, for example, with our money, right? We choose safe investments because we are afraid if we take a risk, we might lose it all. Uh, now, we have some investment advisors who come here. I know they're here today. Listen, I've worked in that industry for a long time. And they would tell you that for you to make a decent return on your money, you have to invest in the stock market. That's the way to do it. And yet, a recent study, just this year, a study shows that 42% of Americans don't invest any of their money in the stock market. 42%. And so if that's how you really earn on your money for the future, why don't people invest in them? Because they're afraid to lose it all, right? They've seen or heard of times where the stock market crashed and people lost thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, maybe even more of their dollars. See, I worked, like I said, in the financial industry in 2008 when just such a thing happened. And I'm going to tell you that fear really ruled in those days. We don't know the outcome, so we play it safe. At home, even, we play it safe as parents. We buy into these cultural expectations of keeping up with the appearances of other people. We say things like, my kids have to be liked. They have to have the things that I never had. Sometimes we say, they got to do the things I did growing up. We live through them. As a friend, we play it safe. We act and believe things our friends believe, even when those aren't true. i got to be liked. I can't take a risk of standing out and being different. Maybe even sometimes we think we're standing out when we say, see, I get to decide who I am. I get to determine my identity. No one else gets to tell me. My parents, my friends don't get to say who I am. I decide who I am. And what we're doing, guys, we're not taking a risk there. We're giving in to the idea that we own the narrative. That's what culture says is acceptable. That is what culture has de de deemed as the truth. 
Maybe you consider yourself a risky person. Maybe you do like skydiving and swimming with sharks. I say a prayer for you. <laughs> you aren't afraid of taking risks in your finances, in your decisions, in your friendships. But let me tell you something. I, I dare to guess that that's, the reason you do those things is because you're overcompensating for another area of your life where you don't want to take risks. Every single one of us in some place, some area of our lives, we play it safe. When we, we don't take risks, we do what we do because we are afraid of the outcome. But I want us all to know today that being a follower of God calls for us to take risks. We're in a series we're calling Courageous. We're looking at the book of Joshua. I've got a joke for you. My son gave it to me. So you can tell him if you liked it or not. Who's the only person in the Bible who doesn't have parents? Joshua, the son of Nun. <laughs> he'll, he'll appreciate that some of you laughed at that. We're looking at Joshua, and we're looking at the Israelite people and how they learned how God called them. And, and, and also us, listen to trust in him, to courageously step into the bold moves that he wants for our lives. And this series is about the courage to let God be the king of our lives. Last week, if you weren't here, we passed out these guides. Today, if you didn't get one of these last week, listen, I, I want you to raise your hand. Go ahead and raise your hand right now. Get your hands up. Keep them up. Put them up high so that they can see because we got people who are going to come and give you one of these. We want everyone to have one. So get your hands up if you weren't here. Keep them up until you get one. Keep them up till you get one, okay? And as you get those, as they're passing them out, and don't put your hands down. I know some of you are like, I didn't, and then you put your hand back. Now get it up. It's okay. The rest of y'all, don't look at those people. Look at me, okay? <laughs> if you want to talk to them afterwards about why they missed, why did you miss last week? You can do that on your own. But as you get them, I want to tell you what's inside of these, just to remind you a little bit. There's great information in here. In the first 20 pages, uh, there's information about how to use this. It's got some of the vision behind this season that, of White Oak that we're in called Shaken, this journey that we're on together. In here, you'll also find a place to take notes each week during the message where you can capture the big idea, where you can capture some of the key verses every Sunday. Those start on page 22. Now, listen, we started that last week. If you weren't here, that's okay. Listen, you can still go back and watch those messages. It's out on our website at shakenchurch.com. You can go see what, what you missed last week, okay? Also inside of here, there's life group materials. Lots of great material that you can do as a part of a life group or on your own, but I want you to know we still want everyone to be a part of one of these courageous groups. And you haven't missed your chance. If you want to be a part of one of these and you're still having in one, you can still sign up today. Go to shakenchurch.com and you'll find a link right to our groups. And you can sign up to join a group today. Also inside of this, you, you'll, if you get one today, is a commitment card. Listen, there's nothing you need to do with this today. I just want you to take that home, put it someplace you see it, be praying over it, be thinking about the courage that God has for you. If, you, if you're ready to Take that step. On November 19th, we're going to have Commitment Sunday. We're going to come back together, and we're going, to, we're going to do that together. But this morning, if you've got your guide now, all of you do, turn to page 28. That's where we're going to be taking notes for week two of this series. And right there at the top of the page, I want you to write down this big idea. 
God's power and grace compels us to risk. God's power and grace compels us to risk. They'll keep it up here for a minute so you have time to write it down. Now, last week, we started looking at how God brought the Israelite people, led by Moses at that time, to the edge of the promised land, the Canaan. But many of the people refused to, to trust God, to trust that he had a plan for them, to do what he asked them to do. And so as a result, they were forced, because of their, because of their lack of trust, to wander another 40 years in the wilderness. An entire generation of Israelite people passed away and then, again, God brings them back, now with Joshua as their leader. And the people now trust God, this new generation of believers. They trust God, and they agree to go over and invade the land. But before the Israelites invade Canaan, Joshua, once again, he sends some spies into the land to, to spy on the city of Jericho. This is the second spy mission now that they've taken in 40 years Y'all haven't read the Bible, by the way. It's exciting stuff. Like, you watch these spy movies. It's all in the Bible, by the way. Because it was a risk. Joshua took a risk to send these spies. This could and would alert the people, uh, uh, in Jericho particularly, of the intent of Israel. So if you've got your Bible or a Bible app, turn with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 2. And then write that down on your, in, your, in your guide there, your key verses, Joshua 2. Again, I encourage you to read. We're going to read excerpts of it. I encourage you to read all of Joshua 2 today. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We're going to put them on the screen here. But I just want you to know we have Bibles available at the Hub. You can pick one of those and take it with you today, okay? Now, what we find here in Joshua 2 is that he sends two guys to check out the city of Jericho. And these guys sneak into the, the city, but the king of Jericho finds out that this has happened. He, he hears that spies are in the city. And, they, and these guys end up hiding out at the inn of a woman named Rahab. She lives in a home which is found in, in literally in one of the walls of Jericho. And so this king becomes aware that these guys have been in the home of Rahab. And he says, to them, hand them over to me. He asks her, he says, be faithful to your homeland, right? Give them over to me. Look at how she responds to him in Joshua chapter 2, starting in verse 4. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. It was a risk, hear me folks, it was a risk for Rahab to hide these spies in her house. It was a risk for her entire family. She risked their lives. If they had found these guys, not only would those guys probably have been killed, okay, that's the truth, but it would have also meant that Rahab and her whole family possibly would have faced the same fate. Yet she protects these two spies. Now, just to give you some context of who Rahab is, what, what historians believe is she was actually a prostitute. 
There's a debate now about whether the Hebrew word that is translated here refers to her more as a harlot or one who commits infidelity or as like an innkeeper. There's a slight difference there, okay, between those roles. It could differentiate that maybe she just worked in the house or she simply ran it. Either, either way, here's what we do know. She lives near the wall of Jericho, and the king of Jericho knows she's housing these men, but instead of turning them over, she hides them on her roof. Not only that, she sends these guys searching in the wrong direction. Why would she do this? Well, she's heard about God. She's heard what God's been doing. Look at what she says to the spies, starting in verse 8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof, up on the roof, and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, for when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Did you catch what she says there? Rahab says, we've heard about your God. We've heard stories of how he dried up the Red Sea for you to escape. His reputation comes before you guys. Folks, this is 40 plus years since the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. 40 plus years. And still, the story is circulating. Not in a time where there's internet or television or print communication. In a time where word of mouth spread stories, they had heard of God. She knows God. She knows what he can do. For me, that wells up a little bit of emotion, right? God's power precedes us in this world. He goes before us. He makes a way for us. He creates heart change in people before we even show up in their lives. And because of this awe, because of this, this respect for the power of God, because of God's reputation, people are often ready for change. God's power and grace compels us to risk. See, when we choose to follow God, much risk will be required. It's a dangerous endeavor to trust and follow the living God in our world. We may lose friends. We may not get that promotion at work. We may not find that romantic relationship that we think we're supposed to have. These are not guarantees that God gives to us, by the way. And yet every day we take risks for things that also offer us no guarantee in this world. We give ourselves over to someone sexually because we're afraid they won't want to have us if we don't give over to the way the world says we should act. We risk our reputation by being dishonest in hopes that it will make us look good in the eyes of other people. We risk our jobs by taking shortcuts and cheating our way to get ahead. And none of this gives us guaranteed happiness. 
God does offer some guarantees, though. And one of those guarantees is that he will establish glory for his own name. See, the people of Jericho had heard of God's power in Israel's escape. He is mighty. He is a provider. And Rahab wants to be part of that because she knows that this will actually save her life. Look at what she says to them in verse 12. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. Rahab believes in God so much that she knows that she can ask these men to for God to protect her family through them. Rahab's looking to be saved. She's looking to save her family. She's making a deal. How often do you go to God with this kind of, with this kind of behavior, right? God, listen, just heal this person, right? God, please fix this problem. Forgive me this one time. God, if you do this, I'll do anything. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll be better. When I think about the times in my life where I've truly had a change of heart and action, I've been looking for salvation. I've been looking for grace. Yet this requires us, and God asks us, take some chances with me. God's power and grace compels us to risk. These men agree to protect her and her family when they enter the city. They tell her that when they come to the city that she needs to hang a scarlet cord out of her window of the home so that they would know to spare anyone who is inside. It's the same cord, a scarlet cord, that she used to help lower them down out of the window as they're escaping. And the interesting thing is when you hear this story of this scarlet cord, it, 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 it echoes back in time but it also moves forward in time. It goes back in time. It goes back to that blood that was put over the, the household, the blood of the lamb that was put over each household, each doorpost at the Passover, which saved the Jews from the angel of death in Egypt. It, it puts it all there. It takes them back. It reminds them of the risk they took in Egypt to escape. But then it looks forward. It looks forward to the blood of Jesus, who would rescue God's people from their sin. The spies go back to their people. They report what happened to Joshua. Look at what they said. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. God is ahead of us, they say. He's already removed the courage of these people. You know how many times they use the phrase melting in fear? Can you just picture melting in fear? It's Halloween time, right? Anybody ever jumped out and scare you? That'll make you melt. But they are, they're melting in fear. The risk that these guys are taking is paying off. And all that happens because a prostitute chose to let go of what she'd placed her trust in. And she's chosen to risk it all and trust that God 
the God that she barely knew, right? But she had heard of that he could do something amazing for those people who call him Lord. God's power and grace compels us to risk. This morning I want to share with you a video. It comes from a couple who attends here at White Oak. And during this shaken journey that we're in, they've chosen to take a risk and trust God in their discipleship and in their finances even. Justin and Allie Proctor are boldly trusting in what God can do in and through them. Why don't you take a look at this? A lot of times you, you ask God to show up in your life and you're expecting it to be all butterflies and it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but a, a lot of the times when God is showing up in your life, you see it the most when you're vulnerable and, and, you, and you're uncomfortable. And I think that was a big part of Shaken is that we were uncomfortable and this was something that you know, God led us to it. And you know, you always hear it, God leads you to it, he'll pull you through it. Didn't expect it and I was struggling a little bit professionally and, and Allison knows that more than anybody because she's she's my best friend I tell her everything and I was struggling and I needed something to I wanted a fix but it was praying of what what do I do here and I loved my job but it was one of those things that something wasn't working especially over the last three or four months. And then all of a sudden we get this job opportunity that pops out of nowhere. I wasn't even looking. And it was it was something that we we prayed about and we prayed about over and over and over again. And it, that, that door would close. If it was going to close, then it wasn't meant to be. And that's the only thing we prayed about. If this isn't supposed to happen, close the door. And it never closed. And then uh, other people in my life that are very faithful and on a, a longer faith journey than myself looked at me and talked to me and said, the door didn't close. Now you have to have the courage to walk through it. I think with being about halfway through the shaken commitment, um, we were being relocated. You know, we could very easily and it's, it's gone through our minds like, well, if we're not going to be there any longer. We could always, you know, pull back and you know, it would be a bigger financial release. It'll be easier to take this way, but um, I mean, God put it on our heart and God put it, you know, this is something you need to see through. This is something that um, we want to choose to live up to. Yeah, live up to, to commit to. I mean, we, you know, we ask God for, you know, increased faith and this is where he put us, you know, and so we want to see that through and we have faith in God that he will continue to pull us through the rest of this and, you know, it's it's not been something that we have felt has been a burden since starting. It's been something that has brought us more joy than anything else than to fulfill what God has put in our hearts. As much as we're saddened with the relocation, I mean, we, we want to come back here three or four times a year and connect with everyone that we've grown up here. I mean, my faith journey and being baptized, but as part of the shaking commitment, we've, we've told Nathan and Chris that we are fully going to meet that commitment. And we've had the discussion at home that we've been blessed enough now with this move that we might exceed that commitment and go past it. And, and that's how much we believe in, in White Oak and what they've done for us and the, and the shaking commitment. 
that's been so rewarding to be able to release and let go of the control and say, you know what, God, it's all yours anyway. And we want to glorify you through what we have because because it's yours and you know do something with it you know give us the faith show us show us what you can do and i i know that god takes things that are broken and he takes things that you know maybe that the enemy meant to go a different way but god flips it around and he's so gracious and and he makes it something good and <laughs> and i know that um being where I was, God has changed it all around. I love what Allie said in the early part of that video. When God leads you to it, he'll pull you through it, right? That is so true. God asks us to take risks. And when he does, he promises that he will be there with us throughout the journey, that he will take the steps with us. He will go ahead of us. He will make a way. And then I think of what we just heard of how God takes broken things, right? And he makes them new. You see, Rahab was broken. She'd take, she had a sordid past. She'd put her faith in many things in this world, sex, money, family. Yet God took her, he used her to fulfill a promise. Not only in this place and time, but for the future. You see, if you go ahead to the lineage of Jesus Christ, you will find that ultimately Rahab married Salmon, an Israelite from the tribe of Judah. Her son was Boaz, the husband of Ruth, and from that family, eventually came a guy named Joseph, the adopted father of Jesus. That should shake you up a little bit. This woman put her faith in God, and because of her risking it all, God honored her name. And the same is true for us. We may have a past. We may have been placed our, sa our safety. We have put our trust in and faith in things of our own good works. We think that if I just give more or serve more, then I will be able to earn my place in this kingdom. Maybe it's about trusting in our own strength to provide financially. Maybe it's about saying that the only way to feel loved is to play it safe by cultural standards and lower what I expect or what I'll do. We might say that I would play it safe by not stepping into the places that God has called me to go. I want you to know today that God is asking you to invest in his promises. God's power and grace compels us to risk. Because God has chosen to invest so much into us. Regardless of where we come from, what we believe up to this point, or what good or bad things that we've done, Look at this passage in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Write that down, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And it says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God chose to come after us when we were in a place of complete darkness. 
God is power enough to, powerful enough to save people from the sin that destroys them. He is gracious enough to give us what we don't deserve. Eternal life through Jesus. God risked everything for us. It was a sure loss for him. And he did it anyway. God made the greatest exchange ever. He says to us what the spies said to Rahab in Joshua 2. Our lives for your lives. Jesus made that his mantra. My life for yours. He chose to go to the cross. He chose to make a way for us to be saved. Not because we earned it, but because he loves us so dearly that he wouldn't have it any other way. So what are you going to do with that? Think about that today. What places in your life are you playing it safe? Where have you let your story be about fitting in and being safe? On the message notes page, there's a question there at the bottom that says, what's that next step, right? What's my next step? Step out in faith. Listen. Take risks where you think God is calling you. Maybe that risk is sharing with other people what you believe, right? Stepping into that unknown, sharing with people who God is, what he's done in your life, sharing the gospel, the good news with other people. Maybe that's what you risk you need to take. Maybe the risk is you need to take a step and love somebody that you don't really like. Let me just be fair with you. We are in a very polarizing, negative season in our history. It happens every November somehow. <laughs> Let's be fair. Maybe it's time for you to cross the street and go pray with the person who's got a different political sign in their yard, to love them in a new way, to one another them in a way that, that you've never done before. Someone who doesn't believe the things that you believe, doesn't look like you, doesn't act like you. Maybe it's time for you to step out and take a risk and say, I'm going to love them regardless of who they are because they are a creation of God. I'm going to do it. Maybe you're going to do that thing to, for, for someone in your life. Maybe it's you're going to take a risk to do the right thing even when other people aren't doing it. Instead of making fun of that kid at school, instead of looking for a way to cheat your way to the top, instead of sneaking in and doing the things that you shouldn't do, you're instead going to go, I'm going to take the high road, even when other people won't even see me do it. That's integrity. That's, that's taking a risk. Maybe you just need to take the risk and accept the promise that God has made to you, to, to choose to follow Jesus to choose to be baptized. You've never said, Jesus, I want you to be king of my life. I'll do what you've called me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. Maybe that's the risk you need to take this morning. If that is something that you want to do, listen, we're going to sing a song here in a minute. During that song, come down, pray with one of our prayer team that will be down front here. Don't be afraid today. Have courage. You may have to risk a lot but I will tell you that God's promises will always come through let me pray for us Heavenly Father thank you for the promises that you've made to us, thank you for reminding us that you are always with us Lord, that you go before us, that your name precedes us, that your power precedes us, that you make 
make people's hearts soften, that you prepare them for the message that you want them to hear, Lord. I, I just thank you for your power in this world. Thank you for the things that you make, the promises you make to us and the promises that you fulfill. Most importantly, the promise you fulfilled through your son, Jesus. Help us to not forget that. Help us to take a risk, to step out in faith, to boldly move where you call us to move. We love you.